This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron, and you're listening to episode 47 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative underground, back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. Holy shit, the season is over. Holy shit, the playoffs start tomorrow. We're going to be back late tonight. Check it out for episode 48. But this is episode 47. We're not really doing too big of a reflection on the season on this episode because our season is continuing. Obviously, we start this playoff series in Toronto. We get kind of our feelings on that. A little bit of uh, talking about the culture and things going on, maybe some season records. I'm talking with Hanno and Edmonds and, uh, of course, our friend CJ. We're back at Shangri-La. Uh, doing our thing. We also have an exclusive uh, comment uh, that, and actually it was a question, but I got some comments from Macklemore. Yes, Macklemore, that Macklemore. The Macklemore that has the song that has uh, taken over the Louie Louie spot in the seventh inning stretch earlier in the uh, year. We talked about that. That was kind of like some talk at the beginning of the year after um, opening night, they made that change. I actually ran into Macklemore at the Rain City Classic, and he was nice enough to answer my question. That's about the 35-minute portion of this episode. If you're just like a Macklemore uh, fanatic and you're like, fuck this episode, you can skip right ahead to that part. Um, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more on episode 48. Anyways, I want to get through this episode intro as fast as I can here because we got to get ready for episode 48. We got to be talking some playoffs, but today's episode is a little bit about, you know, some things that we think are going to happen with the roster. I know the rosters have not came out yet uh, for the first round of the playoffs at this point of the recording. So we kind of just make some predictions, talk a little bit about that. um, And, you know, just kind of sit in it that the season is over. Anyways, Thank you for liking and subscribing. And remember, we are now on the Odyssey Network. I know this episode is still getting uploaded through Buzzsprout. You can still get the episodes, uh, you know, at uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. You can still get them there. But I encourage you to go check us out on the Odyssey app because we're going to be doing a lot of different multimedia stuff. Um, there's a lot of other good stuff on the Odyssey uh, network. I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy episode 47 with the exclusive comments from Macklemore here on the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast that I think we should start this shit now. <laughs> are, you, are you ready, Hanson? 
I'm ready. I've been ready since nine since he said the red light was coming Well, on. you know, again, I walked to the game and walked back from the game. A little, you didn't little... use Seattle's finest uh, transportation? No, I needed to get my steps in. I, I walked the three miles from Queen Anne down, walked around that area, walked back. We're now oh, recording. that walk back was tougher uphill, huh? Yeah, it was up. There was there was a lot lot to think about. You know, a lot to think about, a lot to digest. Today was, you know, game one sixty two, the twenty twenty two, right? We're in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two regular season has adjourned. I I don't even know what's going on. Um, anyways, we're gonna we're gonna kind of like talk about that today on this podcast tonight today. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back with a more playoff-centric uh, focused episode. And we're going to be back hitting you up with episodes every day after the game. So hopefully we're going to be you know doing a lot more of these episodes. This is episode 47. I am back up here in Shangri-La. Shangri-La, the man, he, she, woman, they, them, uh, person, cave of... You know, memorabilia excellence here. We're back at CJ at Chris Jensen's house. We got Hanno on the phone here up in Edmonds, uh, crunching all the numbers. Uh, we're going to be getting together, though, and watching, you know, game one here on Friday at uh, 1 p.m., which which just, what do you guys feel about this 1 p.m. game? Like, let's be honest. I, I like it. It's 4 o'clock out east. We're getting a little love. We're gonna They're going to see the Seattle Mariners in prime time. Well, or they're going to see it, you know, when, yeah, well, I guess I guess we'll, we'll, it'll be getting over at prime time. I wish we were playing at like four o'clock at least. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, uh, teachers letting kids not come to school. Maybe some parents getting, uh, pulling their kids out so they can watch the game. Yeah. I think, I think that would be the right parenting and teaching move. Don't you think, Hanno? Oh yeah. Um, I've seen a few things online where parents are already, uh, drafting their letters. So. Yeah, I think it's a good day for kids uh, on Friday. Yeah, I remember back in uh, 1995, my mom let me um, skip that. I skipped practice the whole the whole nine. Um, also, uh, game the game 163 when Randy Johnson pitched against the uh, then California Angels. I remember um, Parmesan LeBron and myself leaving school and going to watch and watch the game. That was exciting when you're a kid. I get, I guess for like the kids, that is an exciting thing. I don't think, uh, uh a lot of, uh, younger kids are going to not, not see this game. What do you guys think? I mean, I agree. I mean, my nephews and stuff, it feels like they have almost every other Friday off anyway throughout the year for some <laughs> holiday that I never had when I was a kid. So yeah. it's, Par for the course. Yeah, I think the people that are going to miss the games, unfortunately, are the adults that, you know, got to pay the bills and go to work. But, you know, you can also just always turn on 710, and I'm sure Rick Riz will be right there painting the, painting the picture for you. Yeah, I'd say hopefully most people have two screens. You can have one screen with the game and then doing all your spreadsheets and emails on your other screen. Yeah, um, and like for my sister, she's she's a hairdresser. I don't know how she's going to get to watch the game. I mean, somebody might get some fucked up haircuts, but it'll be worth it. Right. You know, we haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. What, what was going on in 2001? The last time we were in the playoffs. I mean, come on. 
Man, I mean, the iPad, I mean, sorry, the iPod, the, uh, was, the iPod was not released yet. Not yet. Uh, Still was burning CDs, uh, CDs. Twitter and Facebook were not invented. Julio was less than one years old. <laughs> and the number one movie in the U.S. was Training Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I, I, I did look at some of the 2001 memorabilia that was in the Mariners' uh you know, a little Hall of Fame area they have there behind the plate today. Uh, ironically, I was looking at some bats that Brett Boone and Jay Buhner used. They were cracked, but they're they're in the case right there. Um, has it dawned on you that we are less than what at the time of this recording gets out? We're 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 looking at about uh, thirty hours f- from the playoffs. What 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 are your what's your feeling, Hannah? excitement um i can't wait to see these guys perform and take it to uh, toronto i'm really excited i'm excited i i do have to admit you know i would be much much more excited if it was up here in seattle not just because i'm here i mean that's a personal reason but i mean i just feel like today's game and the last couple of games i mean i was i was at the doubleheader on um Tuesday and I went to this last game it was just a weird feeling around there versus what we were seeing versus uh you know what I think the casual fan was 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 bringing into the stadium definitely the the baseball heads were still there but it it, it did feel a little bit flat I wish they were coming here um maybe that will all change and I'll I'll be feeling different tomorrow when we're talking about it on tomorrow's day but I do have to say I felt like the place was a little flat yeah flat and maybe a little bit anxiety like just like hey it's it's we're getting built up to the playoffs coming and we didn't have our not everyone played today you know but it uh, it did feel a little weird being there I, I will say seeing Julio hit the leadoff home run was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that on Friday like how much like excitement he's gonna have and you know I don't know. What do you think he's going to swing at the first pitch or take a couple pitches? What do you think? Um, I I think he's going to swing at the first pitch. I think he's swinging at. What do you think, Hannah? Oh, he's going to come out of his shoes. I think he, he's going to be ready to let her fly. Yeah. But getting back to what you guys were saying about the the crowd being a little flat, I'm just thinking that probably most of the fans were just hoping to hang on and not have any more injuries. I mean, Hannah or Haggerty went down in game yes. one of their series. Demo got plunked twice yet, yep. uh, in the double header. So they're just hoping to get, hang on, maybe get a win and get out of there, you know, on stage. Yeah. Kelnick also took a, a tough one to the ribs, right? It looked like it knocked the wind out of him. Today, yeah. he almost got hit, and I happened to be, you know, I don't know, about 15 rows behind the plate, and he. it seemed like his heart was pumping like it was about to happen again. I'm sure he was probably like, man, if that hits me, that it's gonna, I'm sore already. That's going to be bad. There was definitely that in the air. I will agree to that. There was this tenseness of like, please, God, don't nobody get hurt. Um, a couple times I saw some guys burning down the line trying to beat out singles a little bit. And I was like, don't do that. Do not, do not do that. Um, in fact, in that double header, uh, the other day, it seemed like they were, they just felt like this feeling of like, let's just get through this thing. Let's just get through it. Let's get it over. The extra innings was also another thing that was very tense. Um, today's game was, you know, 
another walk-off. Uh, we had a walk-off in game one in extra innings in, uh, you know, game two. And, uh, you know, game three was pretty close until late, too. So I know that that seemed very weird with, uh, you know, the extra innings and stuff of just, you know, having to put people out there, especially, you know, pitching. I, they were they were pretty resourceful. I mean, we saw today in today's game and getting the final game, we saw Marco do his seven innings. I was surprised to see Paul Seawald. Was there anything said of why Seawald was going out there? Was that just him wanting to, you know, maybe make some adjustments or get some confidence? Do you know anything about that, Hanno? Um, in the post game, uh, Scott mentioned that uh, he had been dealing with some stuff, so he's a little bit banged up too. But he wanted to get him out there just to get some uh, rhythm in there and see how he feels. So. It was good to get him a bunch of days off, but also get him back to uh, get him stretched out a little bit again so he's ready for the postseason. And was that kind of the same thing with Swanson, or Swanson just not part of that one, two, three uh, that would probably be directly used on Friday if, you know, things are, are going, you know, pretty ship shape? Oh, I think now that. I think it was just kind of a maintenance thing. I don't know. That's just kind of what Scott said on his post game. But uh, I think everybody's as healthy as they've been and ready to go. I think, you know, they have been pitching on the edge all year long. You know, we haven't had a lot of run support, even though there's a number we'll talk about that might, you know, say, hey, well, hold on there a second, Myron. There there were some runs. But what I mean is, you know, they're they're out there. They've, they've been through a lot of tense situations. I think they're ready for this big stage. Yeah, and what really made me happy was in that game, first game in this series, that Julio come back. He went three for four with an RBI and a double. I mean, he hadn't played in 10 days, and it looks like his timing is right on point. So I'm really happy that he is ready to go. He's a catalyst for this team, and – it's good news going into this playoffs. I feel like, you know, we're there to really show Toronto and the rest of the AL that we're back and we're ready to win this series. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the Kingdom Shuttle. A special Metro Transit Shuttle that runs in addition to regular bus service for all major Kingdom events. It lets you park far They did finish, you know, on a positive note. They, you know, had two walk-offs of the three games. There's lots of offense. It seemed like some guys were getting their bats tuned up. There were some things I really like seeing. We'll get into it in a second with, like, what do we think the roster will possibly look like. But, you know, right off the top of my head, like, Terren seems like he's really turning it around and hitting good. We, yes, we saw Julio get it going. Genio seems like he's swinging a good bat. Um, big dumper, big dumper. Wow. I mean, I was, whew, that, that one yesterday was, that was a bomb that he hit. Um, you know, also, uh, we saw some records, uh, being, you know, broken and new, new records made today. Uh, uh, CJ, what are, what are some of those things? Well, to today specifically Julio, um, he had the most, lead up home runs in a season with six. So surpassing each row uh, who did it in 2002 with five 
he also broke the M's rookie home run total, uh, which was held by Alvin Davis at 27. So Julio hit his 28th today. Wow. And that's like full circle for us here on Rye Bread Mustard. I think we were talking about Alvin Davis on the very first episode, weren't we, Hanno? Yeah, remember, another thing I wanted to bring up, since you mentioned that, is remember in yesterday's game, um, there was that broken bat hit down the line where Gino just kind of pushed it to the uh, foul ball area of the field, and they mentioned uh, Lenny Randall a lot on that, and oh, yeah. brought that up a lot. So, so it just kind of tied into how, like you said, we started off, and you did that huge breakdown about Lenny, and then as well later on about Toronto coming into the uh, – in major leagues with Seattle in 77. Yeah, and we have the Alvin Davis thing. So it's a lot of the stuff that we, you know, started this whole podcast off talking about, here we are, the season's over, and we're talking about it. It's pretty, pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> you know, it's, we did a little bit of foreshadowing, I guess, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, we are playing Toronto, which, again, is our brother, sister, that we came into, you know, existence with. We've had, you know, two different kinds of paths. It's pretty, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty excited that the two teams are playing. You know, we play each other pretty good, play each other pretty tight. Um, you know, if they were here in Seattle, I know this was brought up. If the Mariners. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. If... The Mariners were playing in Seattle against Toronto. Would there be a risk of more Toronto fans at the Mariners game? And how would that look in the playoffs? Do you think that would happen? I don't personally think it would be as big of a factor because of how the uh, playoff, um, the selling of the playoff right. tickets went, you know, to home to the uh, season ticket holders like yourself and then all the way down with their different tiers to the uh regular fans so i don't think it would have been as much of an impact but i don't know versus versus like a regular season game where people plan their trips and you can grab tickets at any time i you know exactly earlier number of years ago i I heard that the mariners when they didn't have a lot of attendance would run ads in vancouver whenever toronto would come down and play us and that's why it kind of started the trend of seeing a lot of Toronto fans when they played here because a lot of people in Vancouver would come down. That just kind of kept going, going, going. But I think you're right. Now there's playoffs and like us, us season ticket holders bought our tickets. I don't think we'd see it as, as much as a regular season game. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Um, speaking of Toronto, I, I guess they say like their playoff atmosphere is like none other. For sure. It's going to be loud. It's going to be electric. It's going to really... It's going to test these Mariners. I mean, who's the guy that's going to be able to slow down his heartbeat when he's up to the plate? Or a pitcher like Matt Brash when he's in a tight situation on the bump and he's got to throw a strike? You know, can he slow his heartbeat down and do what he's done for most of the year and get that strike and that big out and strike him out to end an inning in a crucial situation? So, yeah, it's going to be intense up there for these guys. Yeah, and Toronto's like a team that... 
you know, was built like they should have been there last year and they weren't. They fell short and we were right there with them. And this year it seemed like, you know, they were going to be pretty much a, a shoe in to do this. And, and they, you know, they took care of business. I feel like when I watch their lineup, they might be, you know, a year ahead of us in this, you know, forming or, uh, you know, evolution of a team a bit. And, uh, but also the Mariners have made some big changes and our pitching staff is like, <laughs> like none other. So I, I do feel like it's going to be a, uh, a very good series. I, you know, I kind of feel like it's going three, not to, you know, that's how I feel right now. I know tomorrow we're going to know more about the rosters. We're going to know, uh, the full, uh, you know, matchup, possible matchups. There's going to be a lot said when do the lineups, by the way, or uh, rosters, I should say, when do those have to be, uh, turned in? When is that official? I'm not sure exactly what time, but it is um, tomorrow or Thursday, the same day this recording will be dropped. So by the time we do our pregame show that comes out Friday morning, we'll already know what the rosters are. So it's to me, it's not as big a deal since we've had some injuries, you know, with Winker and Haggerty going on the IL and it being a short series. So I think the roster decisions are a little bit easier, but that's just my opinion to make right now. And so, again, on these roster decisions, if they're not on the first round roster, they could still potentially come back during the uh, divisional round should they get through this round. That is correct. They can be changed after every round. And how do injuries work in the playoffs? Oh, so it's the same type of thing, like 10-day DL or IL stint. So um, Haggerty is on the IL, but um, got word that his injury is a little bit worse than what they thought. So he will probably either get moved to the 60-day to allow someone else to come up, or in the sense of Winker, who probably might be just a 10-day guy, he could return after the 10 days. So... This injury to Haggerty, we we might not see him at all in the postseason. Is that no? It was what I what was reported was that they thought it was um, pretty severe, and it's like a six to eight week injury to recover for his groin surgery. Is is at this point not going to have to happen? Okay. And as far as Winker, what do we know about this uh, sudden injury he got to? What is it? His neck. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Remember, he was in the lineup, uh, which day was that? Maybe Monday or something? After he hit that big he hit that big three-run homer, was that Sunday? Yep. Yeah, so he was supposed to be in the lineup that next day. I remember seeing what it was being posted. And then all of a sudden, um, Kelnick got switched into the starting lineup for him, I believe, because Julio was going to be starting in center field. So... And then it was reported by Scott that he just had this neck thing. He came to the park and his neck just locked up on him. And then from there, it's gotten all the way to this point where he needs an IL stint. So a lot of people are kind of conspiracy theory, this whole deal, yeah. you know, with the season that he's had. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much the info that I, I got. Mean, I what do you think that's the case? I saw him doing some sort of high five today. I don't know how much of your neck you need to do that, but after the game, he was standing out in front of the dugout doing a, some sort of secret high five with somebody. But again, I don't know how much of your neck you're using for that. What do you, what's your 
feeling on this, CJ? Well, I mean, been kind of a pain in the neck all season. <laughs> Damn. We've got guys from all over the world on our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. Yeah, sure, you betcha. Uh, again, you know, the Mariners closed up this, this season today. There are no more games uh, left, which is, you know, really crazy. It was very odd to stand there and just look out and be like, wow, I, I hope we get to come back here this season. You know, the the big excitement from Friday night has kind of faded away from the clinching night. Again, it was it just feel and felt Different down there it's again at the double headers yesterday, but you know every game ended with some positive vibes, and like Genio says, good vibes only. We both had we had Genio and you had um, Julio talking to the crowd today. Afterwards, got you know the people that stayed uh, you know pretty pumped up. Um, we also <laughs> had a a pretty cool uh, um, Gatorade uh, miss fire and then a, a second uh one that caught ty france today did they show that on the broadcast you know yeah they showed them both where uh france um alluded the first dumping of the gatorade by jp yep. and then uh jk came out a, a little bit later and then france took it pretty uh pretty pretty well pretty good i think jen mueller got got the worst of the first one <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, she was pretty elusive. Like they showed it, she kind of ducked out of the way, so she might have got a couple drops, but it wasn't as bad as it might have appeared to be at first. Yeah, I think she's probably just learned some fancy footwork over the years. You know, the Mariners have a lot of walk offs, a lot of a lot of a lot of close endings. So you know, the Gatorade jug gets used, you know, just about as much as they use the shift. Power. I have a little project. Edgar Martinez has it. And so does Eagle Hardware and Garden. The best selection of power tools. The most powerful brand names. Because if you don't have power, you are not in the game. Now this is what I call a bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Again, this this last, you know, most of this last series was, you could say, meaningless baseball. But I don't think there is really any meaningless baseball because there seemed like there's quite a bit of competition for maybe the uh, end part of this lineup. I know, Hanson, you sent me over a text of uh, what you think going in tomorrow, what the uh, lineup, or I should say the roster is going to look like in the first round. You want to go through that? Yeah, so just going over, writing a bunch of names down and knowing that the Mariners can only have a total of 13 pitchers um, on the roster and a total of 26 players overall. Like I mentioned earlier, it really helps that Winker and Haggerty went on the IL. So, and with it being a shortened series, how does that we don't help? have as many. How does that help? What do you mean by help? 
oh, make the decisions easier for the manager gotcha. on who, you know, is going to play or not. You know, because of that, I feel that uh, Tramel will get an opportunity. Same with, I think we're going to carry three catchers in Raleigh. Um, I read that because of the Sam Haggerty injury, that they brought a kid up, um, that they brought a kid up named Cade Marlowe from AAA. He might be a taxi guy. He might be someone that makes the roster. He had a really good minor league um, year in AA and AAA. He had 287 with 23 homers and had 42 swipes on the bases. So that's a guy I think that might get the opportunity with Sam Haggerty being down because it's nice to have two speedsters and guys that can run the bases. Because, in, as you know, in the playoffs, it's all about matchups and taking advantage of things and being able to manipulate your whole roster. So I actually think he is going to make the uh, postseason roster. And then what's his the name? Only, uh, what's his name? Cade Marlowe, he's an outfielder. Wow. Okay. It's a possibility. Yeah, I know no, you. I, I hear you. I hear you because I'm looking. I'm looking at this where we have Julio, we have Hanniger, we have J.K. Right. That's probably what your starting outfield is going to look like. You know, if J.K. seems to not get things going somehow, yeah, you could possibly see Tremel coming in and you know pinch hit situations. But obviously, we have to have the guys out there that are playing defense. That's why I know I've been like, why can't we get Lewis up here to hit and stuff like that? You, he's really not part of that that outfielding, um, you know, the outfielding opportunity that, that that's going on right now. I personally don't think so. I mean, the little bit we saw him in the big leagues, he couldn't run. I mean, everybody complains about Winker's defense and how he you know, tracks the ball and all that. I mean, it's kind of the same player, unfortunately, maybe with just time playing and being able to practice more in this offseason. Hopefully he can get his mobility back. It's sad. You know, he had a really good rookie year. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And so let's move on to the infield. What do you think this infield's looking like before tomorrow? Um, I think all the infielders will everybody's going to be there. You know, your Toro, Santana, Gino, JP, Frazier in France, and of course, Dylan Moore, mm-hmm. all those guys are going to be there. So that gives you a total of 15 fielders. Um, and then we move on to the pitching. Since it's a short series, um, you're not going to need all your starters. So I don't believe, and especially since Marco pitched today and pitched really well and gave his team time to uh, rest some guys, Marco is not going to, in my opinion, is not going to be on the playoff. Yeah, roster. I mean, right, what's today, Wednesday? But, you know, the, if they even go three games, he wouldn't even be ready to pitch by Sunday. So what would be the significance of that? Absolutely. So, and then the other starter, slash bullpen guy, would be Chris Flexen. I don't think he makes it. And then all of our bullpen guys, I believe in, are in, except I'm going with Matt Festa. I kind of played together with Matt Festa versus Penn Murphy and with Toronto and all their right-handers. I felt like Penn Murphy had a better slider, but Matt Festa might slide in for that Cade Marlowe that I was talking about. So then you can get your numbers correct. So that's kind of how I um, constructed this roster of what I think thought might be what the Mariners going to do. Yeah. And again, we said three catchers. Remember we started this season and everybody was like, why in the fuck do we have three catchers? We're not going to have three catchers all year. We started with Terence, Raleigh, and our boy. Um, the guy got his bat. How can I forget his Murphy. name? 
Murphy, God damn, what am I? And one of those three is a winning pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> Terrence was a winning pitcher. Yeah. And uh, can play all over the field for sure. He played but, second today, but, made a good play. Made a good play, hit a home run. And what I was going to say was like, Terrence, you know, going into the season, high expectations, had to have him on the roster because he's a hitter, had to have him in there with Murphy. Cal, Cal Raleigh was probably the, we you know, third person down down the line when we when we first started the season that has changed that and he's one of the most important people in our lineup period and uh you know Caselli's you know been a he hasn't really had much of an impact but I guess you have to have just a nice veteran catcher going into a playoff series I mean everybody's got one and then Terenz right now it's really the stick he's he's hitting the ball very very well I know we've been playing the Tigers I know we've been playing some of these other teams that you know aren't that great and might not have the greatest pitching but he's looked he looks amazing compared to what he was looking like when he, we had to you know send him down yeah, I mean, with these catchers, what I'm looking at, Myron, is like you said, Luis Torrens is that stick. He might be that right-handed stick off the bench to pinch hit. I put it to Solly there as well because let's say, for example, you know, in late innings, big jumper gets a big double. You're down one, so you want to pinch run. So you pinch run one of your fast guys, maybe more, maybe this Marlowe guy or something. But yeah. you want to keep that bat. Yep. You know, later on in Torrance. So then you put in Casali then to catch, or then when Casali comes up, have Torrance then hit for him. So that's kind of how I was thinking and why I came up with that. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds. You know, this is our quick reaction for... Uh... You know, the end of the season here, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about for tomorrow's episode that's going to come out uh, the morning of the playoffs. Uh, was there anything else you want to talk about that before we get into tomorrow's show? Um, no, it's just I, I want to congratulate you. Uh, the Mariners with back-to-back 90 wins. Um, you've pretty much um, nailed your prediction the last two years. I know you were one-off last year. And with your choice, and you damn near hit it this year again, right? Yeah, I, I was. I missed one game, one by one game this year. Yeah, last year I was a year. I, last year I was a one game under. I mean, they they surpassed where I thought they were going to get, and this year they were one game short. Where I got to get. So I mean, I was, I I was almost right on 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 par with this this year. But I think. You know, there was a lot of injuries. Uh, at one point, we were 10 games under 500. Look at us now. I know we're complaining and we're kind of like, this sucks that uh, we have to uh, wait. You know, I mean, we have to go to Toronto. We're not getting that home game. But like, if you would have said, hey, uh, when we were 10 games under 500 <laughs> going, hey, we're going to be playing on the road in the wild card round, I, I'd been like, where do we sign? Yeah, exactly. And I remember remember at the beginning of the year, we always talked about winning series. Yep. Well, since the season's over now, I have a record for you. The M's 
final season series record was 27, 20, and 4. So they won series. That's why they got to 90 wins. Damn. I mean, that that's it is. What, what, what was your old saying? Win, just win series, baby. Win, right? Absolutely. Kind of did a little, little mashup parody of uh, the old Al Davis saying. No, I, I mean, yeah, they've taken care of business. Ninety wins is is not easy to do in the major. Oh, I gotta, you know. Sorry, you cut out on me. I cut into you. I said uh, ninety wins is not easy to do in the major leagues. No, and you're on actually a little three game winning streak. I know you weren't there Monday when they lost, so I gotta kind of give you a little credit for that. But you were out watching the uh, Clippers play that night. And I look online and see a video you posted of uh, hitting the hard hat, hitting questions with a uh, Macklemore about the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. Um, tell me about that. Well, I was down at the Climate Pledge uh, Arena for the uh, uh, Rain City Classic, and pretty much every single uh, uh, person was down there that was in Seattle sports history. Well, not all of them, but it was pretty fun. I put it. I'll put it out on the Instagram. But basically, Macklemore came by. Uh, right by the VIP area where my seats were, and I, you know, I just had to ask him this. Macklemore, how do you feel about the seventh inning stretch song now? Are we in the playoffs? Yeah. All right. Right, Bernie Mustard Podcast just had to ask a hard hit question. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Yeah. Nice to meet you. We're in the playoffs. It worked. You broke the streak. That's the hard-hitting questions that we need at Rye Bread yeah. Mustard. Well, I guess the feud is over. We'll talk a little bit more about it on uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, the equipment here is just going haywire. we got to uh, reset uh, some stuff up. Oh, actually, we do have these other headphones. There we go. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. You there, Hannah? We have contact. Yay. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, it was the Rain City Classic. I just was, uh, you know, I happened to go down there with Carl. We had tickets right behind the the basket and the VIP entrance, not where the players were coming out. We're just, like, right there on my aisleway. So, I mean, I saw a lot of Seattle Supersonic greats, obviously, Gary Payton, Detlef Shrimp, Big Smooth, Sam Perkins, uh, Sean Camp. Yeah, I said Sean Camp, Detlef Shrimp, George Carl, Lenny Wilkins, some Seahawks were there, like uh, Walter Jones. You had Lofa Tutupu. Uh, also saw Jamal Crawford down there. And then all of a sudden, here comes Macklemore uh, walking through there. And I was like, oh, well, there's Macklemore. And then when I happened to be leaving, he was signing autographs for, you know, kids and local people right there. And I just, <laughs> I just said... Without him thinking he would respond, hey, what did what do you think about the seventh inning stretch song? And you know, he looked me in the eyes, he gave me the time, and he, you know, he said right there, hey, we're in the playoffs, right? You know, it, and he is right. You know, Macklemore is uh, uh, hold us back. Macklemore's hold us back is now one and zero of getting to the postseason, and you know, Louie Louie has a lot of L's on it. You know, we do have to admit that, right, Hanno? Yeah, funny you say that. I did get uh, confirmation that on when we clinched that night that they did play Louie Louie uh, after we won the game. So that hopefully made all the fans happy that got to hear both of them. Clemens pitches to Winfield. High and inside. Yeehaw! 
It's starting lineup talking baseball, and you're in control. Roger, fastball, one inside. You got control 40 superstars. Make Roger Clemens throw a fastball or a curve. Have Dave Winfield punt or hit for power. A real announcer calls the action. Winfield waits. Hold it. Well, kid. Starting lineup talking baseball. What they do is up to you. And CJ, like we started this year down at spring training together, what are what are some thoughts about uh, you know how the season ended? Is there anything else that you want to say before we get crazy focused on uh, the series on tomorrow's show? No, just it's been an exciting season. You know, I think every season you get you anticipate winning, but we've been <laughs> we haven't been winning, and then this season was just great, right? We get the playoffs playing a meaningful game in 162 and having that many people at the, at the stadium where usually it's empty. I mean, it's just been amazing. And like seeing Julio, like I remember seeing Julio first hearing about him and seeing early videos of him swinging. It was like, Oh, this kid has something. And actually seeing that come to be and him playing a full season and, you know, winning, winning the rookie of the year. I mean, all of it's special. So, I mean, you can't even get his jerseys. You can't yeah. even get the blue jerseys. I right. mean, that's it. It's insane. And also, uh, you were saying that our attendance doubled this season. Yeah, that's right. We uh, this, this season, we had 2.3 million. Uh, and then last season, was 1.2. So uh, a, lot, a lot of people came out this year. And, you know, exciting. I feel like last year, nobody really got excited till that last week. till I think, like, people were like, hey, like Kelnick was telling people to get down there. So... Uh, this year kind of had a little bit of a head start to it. Also, you didn't have as much uh, pandemic to deal with. I think another thing that's interesting is that we had the same amount of wins this year, but then our run differential was uh, 118 more runs this year. Wow. So, and I always remember looking at that even since that stat has started. We've always been in the red. So this is the first year I can remember seeing that, that we're in the green. And for some reason, I still feel like I, I was clenching my butt just as much this year. Uh, Mariners were the first team to lead the major league in one-run wins in back-to-back seasons in 125 wow. years. Wow. <laughs> the last team to do it was the Cincinnati Reds in 1897 and 98. Damn. Now, that, that's, a, that's a deep cut stat there, right, Hannah? Yeah. And did you know that we were one of six major league teams to win 90 games or more in the last two years? And it's we're in some good company. We're with the Dodgers, Houston, the Yankees, the Cardinals, and the Blue Jays. So, God, we're a good team. So, let's go and, win a series. And young, right? We'll be here for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Mariners baseball is exciting. Uh, talking about Mariners baseball is exciting. Uh, you know, it's been really fun, you know, this year. This is already episode 47. So with the playoffs and all that, we're going to hit 50, maybe even more episodes before this uh, season is wrapped up. And I know there's a lot of places you could go and listen to uh, listen about the Mariners and listen to people talk. So we want to thank you for listening to us. Um, but go listen to those other places. Like this is the time to really soak in all that Mariner baseball, don't you guys think? absolutely just soak it in like you said and enjoy it um this place will be jumping uh this weekend for mariner baseball yeah i mean people are actually going down to the stadium they're selling tickets to watch 
to have a watch party. I know it's 1 p.m. And I think it's 1 p.m. the next day on Saturday. See, a Saturday 1 p.m. game's pretty normal, pretty pretty okay with me. The Friday, you know, it, do, it does kind of suck to go from we thought we were going to have this big, uh, you know, first round possibly here. It didn't work out, but it doesn't matter. It's going to feel better and much more deserved when they're coming back here and playing in a divisional round against uh, the hated Astros, right? CJ, how loud of booze could we possibly hear if that happens? Just going to bring it, you know? Yeah. Like, you, know, I think, you know, the Seahawks might be on a little bit of a downswing and you know, going into a Sunday against the Seahawks and being the Mariners. I think the Mariners are going to just, just destroy yeah. it and just bring it. I'm hoping we don't even have a game Sunday. I hope we get the... the the two games right off the bat, you know, because then I'll head back to L.A., take care of some things and get right back up here for that game three. That's awesome. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're, you know, we're just finishing up the season. I know if we weren't uh, a team going into the playoffs, I would think we'd talk about a lot of stuff and really have a retrospect on the season. But we'll save that until our season's over. You know, hopefully they're holding up you know, the big chip at the end of the year. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what we're going to talk. This is, you know, episode 47 today. We'll be back again with a more playoff centric, ready to go game time kind of episode tomorrow. We'll know the rosters. Uh, we'll kind of talk some Toronto, uh, baseball stuff i uh, am gonna have somebody down there on the ground boots in the ground in toronto so we're gonna get a little insight of what's going on in toronto uh either on tomorrow's podcast and definitely after the podcast following the mariners playoff games we will have the emergency uh instant reaction shows so make sure to you know check those out on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast also if you're still going to buzzsprout to uh get these uh, podcasts. It'll be there for a few weeks, but I would encourage you to go check out the Odyssey app. That's where we're going to be at. There's going to be a lot of fun video features and um, smaller breakdowns from these episodes or smaller chapters from each episode. It's going to be, you know, it's a, a fun evolution for the show and we're looking forward to it. And it couldn't happen at a better time with our team going to the playoff. Right, guys? That yeah, a, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't, so couldn't happen at a better time. Yeah, so we'll be back this weekend. CJ will be here. Hannah will be here. We'll have Chris Copacino and a lot of other uh, special guests. Um, and just want to say, hey, thanks for all the love and support all this season. We've had a lot of fun and we're keeping it going. Check us out on the socials. Email us at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you, CJ, for hosting us again here. Um, I'm back again. I'm, I'm basically living here now. Um, and again, Hanno up in Edmonds. Hanno, you know what fucking time it is. Charge. All right. That was a good show. We did it. We, we struggled through it. Did we forget anything that we really wanted to talk about? <laughs>